0: Fast first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. you listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is a very special one. We are once again joined by my friend and yours, Jason Quick, a writer at The Athletic who's been covering the Trail Blazers, you know, long enough that his career is able to drink and uh, rent a car without paying premiums. Jason, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hi, Michael. I miss you. Yeah, it's been a while. I One one day, Jason, we're going to be recording this in a closet in the Moda Center again, but for now, we have to do it over the internet. You know, I prefer, and I almost suggested it today, but
1: I'm not quite there yet, but I almost suggested meeting at a tavern of sorts, maybe McPete's or something, and and talking over a pint, but I
0: don't think we're quite there yet. Yeah, we're. Listen, I, I, I feel that there is a not too distant future where it's happening, but not yet. I, I barely leave the house. I barely, I, I got three floors in this bad boy, and I basically navigate the three of them as I see fit.
1: Same. Most I do is I go on my daily walks in Mount Tabor, and uh, that's about the extent of it.
0: Yeah. Well, one day we'll be back. We'll be back recording this podcast on location, live on location. Uh, but for now, we'll settle for this. Jason, you wrote a story that posted today on the Athletic that was about how Damian Lillard considers what ifs um, about this season, and I was surprised to hear him say that. Were you surprised to, that he considers sort of the the what ifs or the the who's not around um, and on this on a nightly basis? I wasn't terribly surprised just because,
1: you know, it's well-documented how much pressure CJ in particular uh, takes off of Dame. And, you know, especially in the last three weeks or so, we've again seen the, like, hyper example of teams trapping and uh, coming at Dame. And I think he's feeling it. I think he's, I, I, to me, he looks a little exhausted.
0: He looked t- and very tired against the Denver Nuggets. Very tired. He was making sloppy plays that you do when you're tired.
1: Yeah, and so I think in those instances, he's like, "Dang, it'd be nice to have CJ here." And then also, I, I just think they operate differently, both offensively and defensively, uh, with Nurk in there. You know, the, right. the pick and roll is their bread and butter, and they. He's been running it with Ennis a little bit, um, particularly early in games. But, you know, with Nurk, that is a huge weapon for them. And so much of their offense uh, can be facilitated at times through Nurk, where Dame doesn't have to do everything. And I think right now he's feeling – as much as he has tried to empower those around him and as much as he has gained confidence and enjoyed seeing the likes of Ant and Nasir and Gary Blossom, he still feels like he has to do a lot, I think. And he does have to do a lot. So I I think that's catching up with him. But the reason I brought it up to him last night was because I think in these last two games against Denver and Phoenix, two very good teams. I mean, Denver obviously is better than their record. Yeah, Um, they're good. Yeah. You know, we've seen – the the Blazers are not in that category. They're not in Phoenix and Denver's category right now as, as presently constructed. Right. And that makes you think that, dang, what would this, I would like to see these games played with, with Nurk and TJ. And that's why I was coming at Dame, how I was coming at Dame was like, you know, do you have, do you have that tendency to go, dang, I wish I had these guys. And surprisingly uh, or not surprisingly, he said, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would be surprised if he brought it up on his own. Like, that's not his style. He's, yeah. cause he would see that right. as making excuses. But I'm not surprised that when you asked him that he answered it honestly. Like, of course I think about those dudes. Um, I yeah. was just somewhat surprised at how, in some to some extent, how open he was about saying, like, I think about it all the time. Like, I, how could I not? How could I not, like, right. go through a game, go through a loss in my head and think, like, man, it w- wouldn't it be a lot better if I was swinging the ball over to CJ McCollum to sort of take some pressure off me as opposed to, Um, You know, no disrespect to Gary Trent Jr., but he's just not um, as creative of a playmaker as as CJ. He's um, he he does some things well, but he is not CJ McCollum, and he doesn't he doesn't provide the release that that CJ does.
1: Right, and same thing with Nurk too. Yeah, I mean the the Nurk stuff. How much they run? Yeah,
0: the the Nurk like with Cantor, you can run a pick and roll and score, but it's one read. You pass it to Cantor, he tries to score. It's not pass it rescreen, handoff, all you know, all those little creative things that Nurk is so good at. Like you just you lose that when you um with with going to from from Nurk to Cantor. I mean Cantor is a really good offensive player, but he is not using Nurkage. Yeah. And you know I think too
1: that Dame sees the potential of this group offensively. Um and it's only going to get better when, when CJ and Nurk get back. Uh, I was given an interesting graph this week. The Blazers' starting five right now—Lillard, uh, Trent, Jones, Covington, and Cantor—have the highest offensive rating in NBA history.
0: Wow! And this was
1: be this was before the. Uh, I think this was before the Phoenix game. Their their offensive rating was 143.6, the second most was Golden State in two thousand fifteen sixteen with Curry, Thompson, Igadala, Barnes, and Draymond. Yeah, the, 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 the death third,
0: lineup. The aforementioned death lineup, yeah.
1: Right. And then you have Toronto with Lowry DeRozan, Carol, Patterson, and uh J V mm-hmm. and Cleveland Cleveland with uh LeBron James and Irving and Kevin Love. Uh, but of all those lineups, this is operating Uh, at the highest rate. And so I think when you add CJ and and Nert to that, um, I think Dane can see the potential that we can be pretty damn unstoppable.
0: Yeah. And if they're that good offensively, obviously it might catch up to them in the playoffs and that's a whole nother beast, but to get there and to, and to avoid the difficulties of the play in round, like if they're just, if they're that good on offense and that deep on offense, like that's, that is, um, that really changes the calculation, in my opinion. Uh, it's is is if they're if they're like you know if they play whatever it is 15 minutes a night or, or 18 minutes a night with the an uh, all time great offensive lineup on the floor, uh, they'll be in a pretty good spot. Yeah,
1: but you know, ultimately, and this is, it seems like any conversation you have with the Blazers, all roads lead back to the defense, and that and that's going to be Howie. the big question whenever you know nurkin and cj come back is what level of defense are they going to be are they going to be around 17 15 or are they still going to be in the 20s and i still think if they can get in the teams and still maintain a top five offense this team can be dangerous just because you have dame at the end of games
0: yeah i agree i think if they're if they're a middle of the road defense uh they They'll have, a, they'll have a chance to be a real threat. But they've they got a long way to go to get there. I mean, they're, not, they're not there yet, and they don't, um, you know, to use a real nerd term, they don't have a lot of indicators that suggest that they're headed right. that direction. But you
1: know what? I was floored, Mike. You know, I, I, I did a story with Seth Partnow, uh last week about the defense, and then also mm-hmm. I talked to people in the Blazers' front office, and, you know, they given a bunch of numbers, and – I was stunned to see that CJ had the third highest defensive rating on the Blazers this year. And I remarked that to somebody in the Blazers and they said, he's been having, he was having a monster year on both sides of the ball. So the people who uh, in the front office and stuff, they were noticing not only the metrics, but the eye test of CJ really stepping it up on defense. I can't say that it jumped out to me. Same, same, but, But at the same time, I also didn't notice him getting, you know, obvious blow-bys or obvious, uh, you know, uh, blown assignments as I had in years past. But I thought that was really interesting. I think that really bodes well because we all know that Nurk is the best defensive player on the Blazers. Right. If you add him and CJ playing at, you know, he probably won't stay as the third best defensive rated guy on the team, but even a top five, then that really helps you and really improves you.
0: Definitely. Definitely. It's, I mean, we're going to be, we're going to be talking about their defense until, you know, for, for as long as they're playing games, it's going to be a big question for them. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about the defense actually in the second segment. But before we get there, I want to tell my listeners about bet online. Y'all know, Bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. There's NBA and NHL games every single night. College basketball is heading into its postseason. And if you don't want to bet on sports, Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You got real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website. That's betonline.ag. You can go do that on your computer or your mobile device. And use the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's promo code On at betonline.ag for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. At Lockdown Blazers, you know we got you covered for all things Portland basketball, but you might be wondering, where do I get the rest of my sports news? Well, don't worry, because the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there too with the new Locked On Today podcast. Hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. So subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you already get podcasts. All right, we're still chatting here with Jason Quick of the Athletic. We were talking a little bit before the break about uh, the Blazers' improved defense, particularly CJ McCollum has having a, a pretty good defensive season, at least by the advanced stats. But there's two guys that stand out to me who have just who are pillars of the Blazers' defensive success, or or, or keys to the Blazers' defensive success, who have clearly looked better this season. Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington seem to have figured out how they fit on this roster over the last couple weeks. Uh, no you know, question. they're they're still flawed of course, but they look much more comfortable on both sides and they've really, they're really good defensive playmakers in the way that the Blazers haven't had that said they only forced one turnover the entire game against the nuggets. So, uh, yeah. the recent examples maybe aren't as strong, but if you've been watching this, this team as of late, like those guys look more comfortable and they look, and that is a that raises this team's ceiling because they're going to play a bunch and they have to play a bunch.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think both of them, and I think I've said this before on this podcast, both of them have been as advertised, you know, mm-hmm. when they pick them up um, this, the way they're playing now is I think the way everyone envisioned in the front office and in the coaching staff uh, took Robert a little bit offensively, took him some time to, to get his groove offensively. And I think Derek, is looking more and more comfortable on both sides as well, but particularly defensively. um, You know, I I went back and I watched a ton of film. You know me, I'm not a big film guy. I am stunned to learn
0: this watching film. Tell (laughs) me more.
1: I, I spent like four straight days uh, just going through each game, pause, rewind, pause. What went wrong here? Who's at fault here? And, Early on in the season, you could see Derek, he, he felt a huge responsibility to cover up for people. And at mm-hmm. times, he was running around almost like a chicken with his head cut off because he was trying to plug. It looked like he's trying to plug holes in the dam, you know? Right,
0: right, right. And right. Now,
1: I, now I think he's much more in control. And I don't, I don't know if he's trusting guys more. Or if he just understands the system more, that, okay, I just need to stay here because if I go and help there, that's going to open up this. Right. But he, he's playing much more in control now. And as a result, I think he's having more of an impact. He, we're seeing a lot more blocked shots, deflections, uh, and just his guy not giving up, but like giving up the ball. Like, okay, nope, nothing here. Got to sure. give it up. Um, and then also when I was watching film, In his cancer gets killed, you know, and and the numbers are not kind to him and all that. He is better than I thought defensively.
0: He really is.
1: And and I watched him many, many times. uh, And, yeah, he gets beat. Everyone does, you know.
0: Yeah, he's slow laterally
1: for sure. Yes, definitely. That's where he gets hurt. But as far as, you know, staying vertical, getting his hands on balls, uh, and and being a presence – He's not bad. He hasn't been bad for the Blazers this year. And as a matter of fact, he's been really key at, at some big moments for the Blazers. So uh, those were two of the things that really jumped out at me when I sat. And that's it, the hardest I've watched tape since I've been covering the Blazers in 20, 23 years.
0: Well, it turns um, out if you can have no personal connections to the team due to health and safety protocols, you've got to go do something. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, and plus just being locked in your house and, you know
0: yeah exactly exactly Nothing this is do. It's
1: like okay
0: in, in two plus decades over. this was this is what forced uh jason to say you know what i'm gonna give up on interpersonal relationships for three days <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh. Uh, uh, there, there's a silver lining for you is that is that jason's pouring over the film um
1: yeah
0: all right in the third segment i want to ask you about who's benefited the most from the absences of CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic and talk to you a little bit about the Blazers open roster spots but before I do that I want to tell my listeners all about rockauto.com y'all know rockauto.com it's the family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years and you can go to rockauto.com right now and shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they got everything you need engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks and all of it is delivered directly to your door. Plus, the Rocco.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, The prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to do that. Instead, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, make sure you write "Locked On" in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Still a pass-first point guard, still Mike Richmond. you're still listening to Locked On Blazers. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week we have two conversations for you to wrap up the month. First, a discussion on protest in sports across leagues. Then, tune in for a discussion on the importance of black history in sports, what's been achieved, and the important work still left to be done. All are part of the discussion in the Locked On Presents podcast feed. Subscribe on the Radio.com app or wherever you already get podcasts. I've actually already listened to this podcast with uh, Ross Jackson and Candace Cooper. It's great. I really recommend, strong, strong recommend to check that one out. But in addition to recommending podcasts, I'm also still chatting here with Jason Quick. I want to ask you, Jason, who do you think has benefited the most from Nurk and CJ not being available? Who do you think or who has impressed you or stood out to you with, with, the, with the absences of those two guys?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would probably say the biggest surprise is probably Nasir. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think everyone's knee jerk reaction would be to say, Gary. But I think Gary was already on this trajectory of, of being um, a very good NBA player, so I'm not surprised by him. I think it's probably benefited Gary the most because now he's playing 36 minutes. But going back to like what really surprised me is Nasir, and, and Nasir, I don't know if Nurk and CJ were in the lineup if, if there would be time for him because then Gary's playing more three, right? And they're you know. Nasir and then you're choosing between there, but...
0: Rodney and Mello and him. And it's just, it it just right. goes down the line. He just line gets pinched and... out. Yeah.
1: Right. So,
0: uh, but Nasir
1: has really, really impressed me. And you can just see it. His shot, his shot looks so much better than when he arrived at the Blazers. I, I remember when he, when they drafted him and it must've been like summer league practices or it might've been his first training camp. And he was on a court all by himself shooting threes. And I was like, Oh my God, that shot looks worse than Evan Turner's three-point shot. You know, it was flat. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't. He just didn't have the the form. But um, you know, it's been well documented. I've written on it a couple times about how during the shutdown, the NBA shutdown, nobody took more shots than the Sir Little eleven thousand shots before the bubble, um, from March until till July. You know, they have those machines at the practice facility that that chart shots. He shot over 11,000 shots and boy he, he's hitting it at a high rate I 60 some percent I think in February. He's 12
0: of 22 in February. Yeah. And and it's a beautiful looking shot. It does. It looks, know, it, he looks it, like it, a shooter. He looks like a shooter when he yeah, wants to go for sure.
1: Yeah. And then you know last night I, I thought that the stats aren't going to show it but I thought his defense was pretty solid last night. Um, He contested. He was in the in the thick of it. Um, So I I've been really impressed with Nasir, and I think it's going to be real interesting to see how Terry uh, manages those minutes between Nasir and Rodney. Because Rodney, right now, um, entering this week, he had the lowest per of any rotation player in the NBA. I think it was around four. Oof. Uh, yes.
0: And, uh, t- typical uh, league average is like 15 for those listening at home. A, 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 a PR of like 15 is about like an average level player. Uh, above right. 20 is a pretty darn good player. So um, he's, you know, several standard deviations away from, from being an average NBA player right now.
1: Yes. And, you know, I think we all know those of us who've watched every game and stuff. You, you, we've seen flashes of Rodney. It's sure. here and there, but also we've, we've seen him struggle. And I think we have to be patient with him coming off that injury. Uh, it's been a weird season. He's dealt with other injuries other than the Achilles. You know, he's had the quad thing. Yeah. He had an ankle thing. Um, but, you know, we're getting into the time where you need to win. You have to balance being patient with Rodney or, you know, hey, we need to win games. We need to put our best people in there. Uh, I think Rodney has built up a lot of equity within the organization because of what he did in the 2019 playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you perform the way he did, you earn you earn that within the organization. And as you know, Terry Stotts is very loyal to guys who have performed at a high level in a high um, leverage time. And so I think Rodney will get probably more leash or more time to – to work his way into this than maybe some other players. But eventually, you know, if we're starting to get into late March, early April and Rodney's still, you know, <laughs> with a purr like that, uh, it might be time to, to start getting this year some more time
0: yeah, my my read on Rodney's playing time right now is that he can dribble. He can run pick and rolls. And because mm-hmm. of the way the second unit works with so limited, such limited ball handlers, like and it just isn't a point guard. Um it's just he's it, just not that right now. Um and that's fine. He can do other stuff, but he's not that. Gary is a guy who can dribble into his own shot but doesn't really do much creating off the bounce. And I think mm-hmm. they, I think a lot of Rodney's value to the team as it stands, or why Gary, why Terry is playing, and I'm I'm sort of reading into the decision making here, is that he can dribble, as he can dribble and and set guys up. It allows people, it allows the scores to play off the ball. He can run pick and rolls. He can and he can get them into stuff. And I think when yeah. CJ gets back, and you have more guys who can dribble and more guys who can set stuff up, then Rodney's role could could because it'll change just fundamentally then the decision making changes like the the calculation of right. what you're asking him to do changes.
1: Right. Yeah, that was real interesting uh what Terry did in the first Philadelphia game where you know Dame was out and a bunch of guys were out and that's really the first time that he debuted Rodney as a point guard or as a facilitator and he was right. really encouraged and impressed by what Rodney did in that game and I think you're right we have seen him not a huge sample size of him doing it, but certainly he's been doing it a lot. Um, yeah, a lot, they, they'll run he, out of time out of plays stuff
0: where he, they ran one against Denver last night. Uh, it didn't result in a basket, but Rodney brought the ball up um, while Dame was on the court. And it was just like, let's give him another look, you know? And I think yeah. t- Terry, Terry trusts Rodney in that decision-making role yeah. in a way that he doesn't trust the other guys.
1: I still think his, Rodney's role on this team is going to be what made him successful in the 2019 playoffs where they can get him on a mismatch in the post, you know, on a Jamal Murray or, right. You know, or Falco Composo. The, Get
0: Where's Falco Composo's right. little ass at? Go find him.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh,
0: and if you remember the
1: first game after CJ got hurt against San Antonio, they started Rodney and they got him on the post, left and right and Mm -hmm. he, he killed i can't remember who it was guarding him um but he really exposed them and i think if they can find those types of matchups here and there with different teams or if they get in a playoff series where they can identify these are minutes where this guy is going to have to check rodney or we're going to we're going to force them to adapt to this then that's where rodney's uh value is going to come in
0: yeah, I, I think him in a limited-minute role is better. And uh, yeah. I, I'm in favor of giving – of letting – I think Nas can, gives a dynamic that they don't have with, the, with his athleticism and his length. And if he can shoot, then he he's, has some real value. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in but, Terry choosing Nas over Carmelo or Rodney just because of what, what you previously had mentioned. But, um, right. it, but, 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 but I, it, it's worth a shot. I think that's Terry's next big decision. Yeah,
1: You know, with, with this rotation is how much do we weigh the promise uh, of what Nas has shown against the loyalty and the the equity that Rodney has uh, built up before? And I, I think that's his next big decision. The other ones, you know, when CJ comes back, he's still going to find time for Gary. Right. Uh, when Nurt comes back, you know, Ennis will just go back to. To being the one of the best backup centers in the NBA. Uh, and so I, I think everything just kind of falls in the line how it was at the beginning of the year, but that is going to be probably his biggest decision uh, as they move forward and get everyone back.
0: Definitely. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, Jason, do you have any insight as to why the Blazers wouldn't have filled their second two-way roster spot?
1: I don't. I should probably get on that get some kind of uh, explanation.
0: But is it, I, is, I is it puzzling to you?
1: Yeah. I mean, of, of all times, all seasons, with these circumstances, it, and it's
0: already proven,
1: <laughs> proven true that you need more bodies.
0: Yeah. You know, they played a game with eight healthy bodies. I know. And they played uh, a game Saturday against the Wizards where they desperately could have just needed another tall person to play 4 minutes. Like 4 minutes of tall would have would have been really valuable. Uh instead they got punked by Robin Lopez.
1: Right. Right. Uh so yeah, but you know, who's out there? I don't know. Um you know, I I saw Houston just sign what was it Justin Patton. Mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. I, I don't know how serviceable he is. I haven't been keeping up on him. I know he's a former first-rounder, but uh,
0: so Moses I, Brown I, I, is lighting up the G League right now. Um, he looked really bad in his brief Blazers appearances, but he's yeah. he's lighting up the G League right now. Um, I'm not in favor oh. of that. I just like there are, if you're looking for any tall person to sign a two way contract, there are those, there definitely are seven footers available who are um, in basketball shape. Yeah.
1: You know, that's that's uh, that's on me for not um, clarifying that and. In- and asking that question i'll I'll do that here in the next couple days mike
0: hey listen listeners this locked on blazers gets it done we are pressuring (laughs) we are pressuring reporters to write stories that we want answers to that's no other podcast is holding people's you know feet to the flames quite like this one so tell tell your friends for sure that um while we may not do our own unique reporting just yet we certainly do bully people who are capable of it <laughs> you know, um, you
1: have the phone numbers and uh, wherewithal well, to uh, I too have. I am just I gonna
0: say, I am I am pretty <laughs> capable of doing this type of reporting, but um, it's just nobody. It's not a fun fun job. Yeah, I don't stuff. want to be told to. I don't want to be told to bugger off. Like I don't. I'm not getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I, mm-hmm. I I know who to contact. I don't know if they would contact me back, but I know how to. I know how to get in touch. Yeah. Jason, thanks thank you so much for uh, lending us your time and your wisdom. Uh, if people are We're looking to already, Mike? We got it. Listen, we this is we we keep them quick hitting, you know? People come back for more. <laughs> we'll we'll have to have you on. We'll have to have you on again soon, like maybe you know, as soon as next week, so you can get more of your, your locked on blazers fix. Uh, if people are looking for more of your stuff, where can they find it? Uh,
1: at theathletic.com.
0: Yeah, listen, Jason's not much of a for um self-promotion, so I'll give it to him. If you're a Blazers fan, and you want to know what's going on with the team, this is the guy who's going to tell you. Um, he's, he's been doing it longer and better than anyone else. Uh, we're lucky enough to have him as a regular guest on this podcast, and we're lucky enough to read him. He, his work alone is worth the, the price of subscription to The Athletic, but if you subscribe to The Athletic, you get a whole bunch more stuff that isn't Jason Quick, including a, a ton of coverage of the NBA and every other sports league in the world, pretty much. So go ahead and do it. Um, you will not be sorry. You'll be, you'll be thankful. Hey, thanks for that, Mike. Hey, no prob. No prob. Uh, Me? I'll promote. I'll promote this show, too. Tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you all soon.